Bandwagon Nerds is taped in front of a live studio audience. Thank you. Hello again, fellow basement dwellers. This is your good friend, Patrick O'Dowd, welcoming you in to another edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Bandwagon Nerds is, of course, part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com, where we encourage you to always use your head. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. And we are here, episode 151, that's right, last week, 150 in the books. A rather pedestrian, typical episode of Bandwagon Nerds, other than us patting ourselves on the back a little bit. Because as I said last week, I'm starting to feel like the 50s might not be quite as special anymore. I feel like now, just just excited about the, the centuries. So episode 200 on the horizon. We are coming close to the end of our third year. Our third year anniversary uh, is about to begin as we uh, are six episodes away, if you include this episode. And I am joined this week by our OGs, our, our lawyer himself, David Ungar, our live studio audience, and Mr. Saturday Night PC Tunney. And, and the march, the march to year to the end of year three is in full gear fellas three years on this little radio network we call the chair shot so good for us this uh episode can be the bacardi of bandwagon nerds 151 right tony right see what i did there yeah i got you yeah i got you i'm not a rum guy though sorry don't not like ryan reynolds is This ter- this terrible pun brought to you by the lawyer David Ongar and responded to by PC Funny. So we're both getting I mean, we're Tony. both getting booed, Tony, again. Well, here's I'm, the bright side, fellas. Get used to it. Uh, I I talked about this uh, earlier in the day, and it's funny uh, because Dave and I recorded a show that will take place after the show, but then we always talk about recording this show on the show that takes place after the show. So it's a lot of fun. It's very fourth dimensional over. of us, yes. Right. I love. I'm like She Hulk. I like to break the fourth wall. I'm not going to be here next week. So you guys get all of the free reign you would like on ripping on old Patrick O'Dowd. And in fact, I encourage it. You know, when, when, when the dictator's away, the bandwagon will play. 
I'm going to have to be super wasted next week, Dave. The Packer game's at 8.30 in the morning. Perfect, man. That's awesome. Oh, is, Pat, it, Pat, is it an overseas game? It's, London game? Yeah, yeah Green Bay's the last, yeah, they finally got kicked the over last there. team to play in London, apparently. Yep. Yep. Wow. I Is that game really a big deal? Like, what was... I didn't watch... Cause we, there was one this morning. We, I know there was one this morning. I watched like 30 seconds of it, and I could hear crowd noise. But honestly, in the world, like... Like, I'm assuming it continues to bring in revenue or the NFL wouldn't continue to do it. Yes, we are talking sports on the on the nerd podcast. But is it really like like who goes to that? Like, who's the Minnesota Viking fan going to, to is it is it still an oddity in Britain? Like, these are the questions I have. The stadium the was full. Guy. Stadium sure. was full. Was it papered? Was it like WCW in 1992? <laughs> I know legit. there one one games in Germany this year too. I think so. I think they're just kind I mean, of global global marketing, you know. Yeah, I guess so. And they're trying to make it a world sport. I don't think they're going to ever uh, overtake football. Uh, I saw somebody apparently today. Uh, well, some team had like a double hat trick, like two players scored. Three oh goals. yeah, City beat United six to three. So nine, nine goals it was uh, not seen coming. That's that's a shootout, folks. That's a shootout. It's like a whole so. season of football for like some MLS teams. All right. So there you go, folks. Bandwagon Nerds giving you your fix on the NFL and uh, the Premier League over there in Britain. Go us. We cover it all. We are nerds in multiple directions. And I'm excited about this week's episode of Bandwagon Nerds because we are going to talk about Lock and Key Season 3, the final season. Tunney's nipples have now dropped they are no longer hard and perky shrinkage he is not excited about this yeah sad he he needs a blue chew or something like that or for nipples whatever that is we uh have a couple of trailer parks one piece of the trailer park today by the way is definitely going to be one we're going to go in depth on as the internet blew up about midweek uh and then we're going to talk a lot of Marvel in the back half before we once again revisit our good friends at Warner Brothers Discovery. And Dave, Dave wants to be mad about it. I, I don't know if I'm mad anymore so much as I'm like, yeah, eh, it kind of is what it is. And not really sounding alarm bells at I'm this point. I'm used to it. So I'm used to it, but like, well, we'll get into it later. We'll get into it at the, at the end of the show. What we are going to do first, though, and I forgot to grab the music. I, I don't have it anymore. So I've got and, it. And I don't, don't know. Worry Sonny, about it, you Pat. got it. I got it. about talking about lock and key that i find so hilarious as we as we give tony a hard time about this like he's the one who brought the music to the show the first time we were covered season one and so tony i i love you man and i know you're not excited about this 
I, honestly, watching this episode, I was like, this episode does nothing to get Tony's interest back into lock and key because I will, I will concede this point. The lock family and everybody that has anything to do with these keys basically do the dumbest possible things with these keys in an effort to move a story forward. And we just kind of did it all over again. We just got different demons. You know, Dodge will come back eventually. I'm assuming who knows. I can't imagine you not having Dodge in the series, but you know, it's like the whole lock family now, like Nina lock now gets to do dumb shit with keys, just like the rest of the lock family. The other thing I found really interesting is how is it that Jackson Robert Scott has not, does not look like he's 47 yet. Like how have they managed to keep him looking relatively childlike in this as well? Like when did they film season three? Like, does anybody know when that happened? Was it three years ago? Because he looks still kind of like, like he looks age appropriate for what they're still trying to do with him. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, other than that, we got introduced to the Wheeler sisters, two new demons that live in the snow globe. Uh, we got a revisit of Frederick Gideon, played by Kevin Durant, a character actor that you've seen in a lot of other stuff, but never seen as a featured player. Uh, and you know, we come back to this ahead of the uh, of a wedding. I, I can't remember the guy's name. Drink uh, of the brother-in-law. Duncan. Duncan's uh, wedding is coming up. We know that Tyler Locke is away. He's in what Utah, Montana. I, I want to say, or somewhere out he's west. In, he's in Montana, I think. Montana. That's right. That is state far away with cows. Like that's what I knew going Wyoming. on. Wyoming. Wyoming, there you go. Building houses. There is a, a young woman who has taken an interest in him, but there, you know, he's all sad because you know we can't can't not have a a nineteen to twenty year old love story like that's just part of the thing. Uh, Kinsey is taking on Kinsey Locke is sort of taking on the responsible caretaker of the keys role. She she gets to be the big hero in this, and we spend a. I don't know. This episode was very much like sort of a catch-up filler episode, introducing some new characters, laying the foundation of some problems. Ellie Whedon is back, and she's traumatized in some way, not right, uh, and, and people aren't quite figuring it out. It was kind of a whole home episode and a whole home start to this season. All and it's only eight episodes long, guys. I was looking at this. It, it's only eight episodes long. And Tony, here's the other thing. You know, you wipe your brow. I looked at the runtime about halfway through this. The runtimes dropped to like 35 minutes, like 30, 35 minutes instead of damn near an hour. So I don't know what the deal is, but this episode really did not. I'll, I'll agree. It didn't really hype me too much for, for this final season. So clearly Gideon figured out something when he squeezed a couple of keys together, opened up some weird fissure that looks like it opens up a gate to the, to, to that dimension where the demons come from. Dave, what were your thoughts on lock? This could be the shortest episode review in like the history of the program. I I don't know. I like the episode. I didn't have the issues with it that you guys apparently do. Um, I thought, I mean, yeah, the stuff with the sisters and the snow gloves a little bit odd. You know, anytime they find a key, they have to insert it somewhere because, you know, keys, locks, that sort of thing. Yeah. 
Tony. Um, but I, I thought I thought it was okay. I mean, kind of setting the groundwork that you know Gideon's looking for something. Uh, Eden's at the bottom of the well. She's dead. They got some keys. They go and hang out, have some campfire chat about you know I don't care how you get the keys, get the rest of them. Um, it is interesting that Nina is now fully aware of what's going on and has embraced the magic and uh, has learned from her mistakes with the mirror key and uses that to great efficacy against the sisters. The thing about this episode that interests me the most is Tyler. And I'll tell you why, because I get the impression from the sisters talking about when they take the key from Nina and they make such a big deal about the fact that she's not a bloodborne lock that she married in so they can take the keys from her. It's clear to me that in this episode, Tyler remembers something now the extent of his memory i don't know but he's certainly gun shy with this girl probably because he still remembers jackie and her dying in season two and i'm just kind of i'm guessing that a bloodborne lock may not suffer memory loss of magic like the other people have and I, i'm guessing that might be something going on because tyler clearly remembers what's happened even though they don't specifically say it but you get the idea okay he knows what's happened He's deliberately distancing himself away from his siblings. Um, he's shunning the advances of this girl who's clearly, you know, she's like, hey, I'm going to ask you every day until, you know, until you come over and hang out with me and, you know, do things apparently. But I, I didn't mind the episode. I thought, OK, it's the first one. Let's see where they go from here. Gideon's found a way to open the the, the demon dimension by smashing a couple keys together. What happens when you smash three together? Who knows? I didn't mind the episode. It's not world ending or world shattering, but it was fine. A little better than fine. I'm not using your terminology, Pat. A little better than fine. It was okay. Can you play my music real quick, Tony? What, my, what my music? My music. You okay? I can't. Did Greg DeMarco be... What? You can't? I, no. I, I I even sent out the tweet. I mean, I don't think it's going to work. Can you can you hear this? No, yeah. no Miz. Dude, DP worked on it for like three two hours last night couldn't figure out what, what's up with the sound so pc tiny will be a new laptop sooner than later so no i but you know i know we all know you came to k so i did Send me the but, sound bite uh, tony i'll just, insert i'll insert that there you go oh okay that's what she said just yeah this, uh, other foundational I mean, episodes you, have had me more intrigued by a season go ahead tony yeah i you know, it was okay. It's just, you want to know my biggest problem is like, what happened to like the acting and what happened to like the choreography of like, that was one of the worst fucking fights ever between those two sisters and, and, uh, and the mom. I mean, that was so, it was like, Oh, he punched you. And then I pushed you and then you picked her up and threw her in the fucking mirror. I mean, it was just, it was lazy. And I, I don't know. Now, now it's credit just, where credit's due. The Wheeler sisters, Ada and Dorothy. Ada and Dorothy, yeah. Who will be back? I can't assume they're not going to. Like, well, they're in you the don't mirror now. Them and not, yeah, you can't. You can't introduce those characters and then not have them come back. But right? the the one element we haven't touched on yet, and and it, I mean Tyler is obviously he'll he'll. I mean I I feel like he'll take that girl with him to the wedding, right? And then that's kind of where the season will go from there. But oh, Ellie's drama. back. Ellie's yeah, back, back and she's kind of getting all these different reactions from people around town. So I wonder if we're going to see some leftover effects from her being floating in the fucking 
ether for however long she was. What so they, say? they found her wandering around outside of Pittsburgh, probably wearing a Baltimore the, Ravens that's, jersey or that's something. The story. That's the rumor. That's the story, that's the story right. that everybody, yeah, turned a Raven. <laughs> so, I mean, I, we'll see. I hope they can put a nice bow on it just because we are watching it. We are covering it, but yeah, Patrick, you, you hit it on the head that it, it didn't really wow you with this first episode. Right. I wanted to be excited and they failed. And that's un- unfortunate because I, unlike you, and I think Dave and I agreed, thought season two was pretty solid and had this new character, this new thread. Let's talk about Gideon a little bit. He does seem a little disoriented, right? He didn't know what these keys were. Um, so what two keys did he have? What two keys he did he have that he the, pulled together? Uh, which one? Which one did she? Which one did Eden have at the bottom of the well? And then which one did he already have? Because I feel like he, he had the the anywhere key, right? Like, didn't he have the anywhere key? You have to go back to season two and watch to try and figure out which one is which. Well, I was and like, that, I'm, that gonna, is, I'm looking, and that is a problem right now. Is there's so many keys keeping track of like this kind of conversation? Which key is which? You can't just tell. I mean, if you're you know playing really close attention, you can tell just the way the key is shaped. But other than that, it, it's hard to figure out which key is which. Let me so Gideon, this. I will. Gideon has the uh, creation and head key. Oh, the head key. Yeah, interesting. We'll have to, yeah, I, we'll have to, the head key I, I think is interesting because that's the one that lets you into other people's minds. The creation key, uh, pretty self-explanatory. Uh, we'll have to see what happens there. But um, yeah, just, just a slow go. And as I look at this, I'm trying not to read too much into the, well, the think way about the that. season sort of plays out, like everything starts to get shorter and shorter. Like, what are they doing? Think about that. I mean, the creation and head key together allow you to open that portal and use it like a head key. You know what I mean? Like for that right, portal. Right. So just kind of, I don't know if any, any more common sense would enter into this series like that, but you know, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And in seven episodes, Let's Dave's hating on my hate. Dave's hating on my hate. It's okay. It's you're okay. entitled here, to. Here you go. This is you're entitled to your hate, Dave, buddy. Dave, this is for you. Oh. All right. Hopefully this picks up for us. Hopefully we're not sitting there blah. This will hurt our ratings. We will lose one of our 27 listeners if these reviews continue to go in the direction that they go. And we know that we can't have 27 listeners. Like we can't, we can't lose one, Dave. Like hey, listen, we, we've gone this far. If it if it doesn't get any better, we can always bring in Platt for his stunning reviews of Lock and Key, which will probably get That's higher true. ratings. Platt, so. You know, it's true. He probably would get higher ratings uh, if we had him just review Lock and Key every. I think every it's week. Gonna, it'll pick up. I'm sure of it. It's gotta, it's gotta pick up because it's the damn finale, right? Like you gotta finish strong. We've known this is the end. And they like they knew this was the end going into the recording or you know in the filming of the season. It's the same sort of story with Umbrella Academy. At least they knew that they had an opportunity to give us a finish. I just didn't feel like this was a big finish. Like I'm gonna watch Walking Dead tonight because it feels like something big is coming to a conclusion as they they enter into their last season. How many episodes? I was hopeful the, for that. Is, how many episodes is the end? This this last batch of or, Walking Dead. It's like nine. It's like nine or ten, something like that. It's just his last, his last hurrah. This is it. So, I yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm talking crazy. 
Maybe I'm not. Hopefully it gets better for us. What we are going to do, though, is we are we're going to go into a different direction by taking our first commercial break. When we come back, we're going to take a little visit to the trailer park, talk about a, a couple of follow up trailers and then one less a trailer, more of an announcement, a huge announcement to the MCU. So all that when we come back, you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of the Chairshot.com. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Okay, welcome back, everyone, to Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, part of thechairshot.com. You just came back from listening to a very lukewarm review of Episode 1, Season 3, episode one of lock and key we are going to move on from that though and head into the trailer park and in order to do that dave you know what you got to do you got to play that beautiful banjo So I got two trailers, two true trailers this week, followed by less of a trailer, more of a pair of announcements. But I, I, I was struggling as to where to fit it. We didn't have another really sort of big time trailer to talk about. So I included it in the trailer park. So we're going to we're going to count it. We're going to count it. Um, but before we get to that, the first trailer I want to share, we've heard about this series coming up. I know we've talked about it on previous episodes of bandwagon nerds uh but we got a full trailer for the hbo max series the last of us based on the video game franchise of the same name and and i'm gonna i'm gonna lead off here and i'm gonna lean on dave because i know that zombie apocalypse horror not exactly tony's wheelhouse when it comes to the shows pretty sure he's not gonna watch this show this is a very popular video game this trailer looks like a combination of 28 days later and the walking dead I don't know that that's enough for me to get excited about this show. And so I've never played the video games. I, so I can share that I don't know much about the games themselves. But I am looking for anybody to give me a reason to be interested in this series. Because I, I'm kind of... Zombies have ruled the last decade and a half of horror. But I, I'm feeling played out when it, when it comes to, to zombies. I'm actually... Give me ghost stories. Totally different, right? Completely different. But uh, but zombies feel played out. How does this, how does The Last of Us and this trailer, one, how how is it in comparison to the video game if you've played it? And I know I'm asking a lot out of you, Dave. And then two, what can this series do to distinguish itself from other series and movies within the same genre? What will make it special? Tony, can you get a DP on the phone? I'm sure he's played this game more than I have, but uh, 
I, I've played a little bit of it. The game's great. What I've played of it, I this, I do like. I think the one thing it might have going for it is that they're trying to do this as a series, and not as a movie, which gives them a better opportunity to tell a story, um, like what 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 Halo did, which mixed reviews to be sure, but it probably lended itself better to like a, a series as opposed to um, trying to do it to, in a movie. You know, just from the trailer, I think you hit it on the head. It's a mix of 28 Days and The Walking Dead. There are some human elements in the video game that it'll be interesting to see if they can capture that. But yeah, if you're burned out on zombies, if you're burned out on the same old kind of action horror genre where people are trying to survive some sort of apocalyptic event where things are mutating and coming after them. I don't know if there's anything I can say that's going to convince you to give this a try. Um, other than the fact that, yeah, the trailer looks pretty good. It looks pretty interesting. Anything video game based is it's always been difficult for anybody to kind of make that translate onto the big screen in any fashion in a way that kind of engrosses you and keeps you there. So I don't know. I mean, I, I didn't see anything in the trailer that says to me, I have to watch this. If I had the time to do it, would I check out some of it? Sure. But I don't know if I can say anything that's going to sell you on it, Pat. Really, it's just kind of the same old stuff really it looked like that so so let me ask this of the group then it this, this is going to live and die on on the strength of the video game fan base same right? as, same is as that, halo. is that really what's going to happen same here? as halo yeah i mean that mo- mostly but i mean you also still have your built-in zombie apocalypse fans that not necessarily playing the video game yeah is i don't know yeah, I, I don't know, and I think I'm just going to move on from it because I don't know. Like, I've tried, I've tried to be like, I need to say nice things about this trailer. I just, it looks, it looks interest, like it looks good, like in terms of just its presentation. It just feels like we've seen it before. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll have my mind change after reviews. Uh, but then again, I thought, you know, it, you know, House of the Dragon has been reviewed really well, and I, I have still yet to watch a second of the game of thrones follow-up and this is after coming from a strong review from one pc tunny who is currently giving a thumbs up so i am gonna need i'm gonna i'm gonna need some some strong reviews out there nerdosphere if you want me to tune in to the last of us the next trailer we're gonna share i share because this is a a legacy horror franchise one that I loved because originally it was built more on the idea of suspense before getting to the violence. It, it like much of the horror genres from the late seventies into the eighties turned into pure slasher fun. Halloween ends. We get its final trailer before it starts to debut on streaming. Jamie Lee Curtis is back again. This is like the nine millionth Halloween movie. They're promising. It's done. Tony, is it done? Sure, I think so. I think the fact that she has maybe figured out that he won't die until she dies, that was kind of an interesting... Mm-hmm. Uh, Cryptic, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, eventually she's really going to die, so then they won't be doing it anymore, but, you know. That's a, that's a, little, a little rough. Well, I mean, people have been dying since they, people started being born, so it's not like it's a fucking spoiler fair fair um dave what about you is this really it for 
for it, the Halloween franchise, or maybe is it just it for this iteration of Halloween? Franchise? It'll be it until they realize that they need to make some more money off of the Michael Myers name, and then they'll reboot it in about yeah five or seven years. But as far as this run, yeah, I think this is probably it. They they've created they've created a difficult timeline and, and I, I haven't watched uh what is it halloween kills is that the second one that they did i haven't seen that one yet i saw the first one which i right. like i like the first one i need to watch the second one um it, it's it's like you know okay so like halloween 2 was on the other day i was watching with my wife i was like whatever you're watching here babe remember it never really happened so just ignore everything you're watching here none of this stuff happened because it goes from halloween the original to halloween the reboot um but I don't know. I mean, I, I like the first one enough. I need to go back and check it out and finish this out because, you know, Michael Myers is, is you know, you're talking one of the archetypes of, of serial killers from movies that, you know, per, pervade our consciousness. I mean, him, Jason, Freddy Krueger, those are like the big three of horror movie villains that when you really think about it. So, yeah, if this is the end of Michael. I, I kind of feel like I have to I'm almost obligated to be there for it in some way. So I, I, it trailer looks good. I think Tony brings up a good point. Maybe Michael can't die unless Lori goes with him. So I'm interested. Favorite Halloween movie of all time from the series, not the holiday. Oh, the first easy. Being clear. The, the original easy. And, and I've I've shared on this podcast that the original is my favorite of all time because yeah. of the nature of the film that it's not, straight up like Tony, i actually think you would kind of like halloween if you've never seen the original halloween because it's not a slasher film in the sense of like it is very suspenseful it's very much knowing that laurie is in danger the whole time and, and you see michael myers permeate the film until he actually starts to make his move and it's a very it's very very clever and i appreciated john carpenter when he's clever Tony, you've never seen the original Halloween? Really? Not all the way through. Oh, uh, yeah, you got it. I mean, Pat Pat'll tell you. I mean, that that scene where he's standing in the doorway with the sheet over him and the guy's glasses on after he's yeah, that's <laughs> that's just unnerving as hell, but um I tell you, man, the movie from the series that just makes out of all of them and a lot of them don't make sense, but that season of the witch, what the hell was that? I I've never watched that all the way through cuz I'm like, what the fuck is going I've never, on? I I don't remember the whole story. I really don't. I really don't remember the whole story. I, it had something to do with um, like they play a video like and, different, it, and it triggers something or something like that. Well, there were there were Halloween masks. They were evil Halloween masks that children would put on, and it was impacted by this commercial. But it had nothing to do with Michael Myers. It had nothing to do with the legend. I don't even remember who was connected to that film. You know, it's largely disavowed as um, not part of the series. Uh, and I'm actually going to just look at, I mean, it was made in 1982. Just go to Wikipedia. Uh, like John Carpenter was, was involved, but he was, he was, he was a producer, but it was written by somebody completely different. Finally, it was just, I don't know. It, it was just, it was something that they tried. And it's funny on a, on a $2.5 million budget, it still made 14 point four million dollars yeah, so the franchise its, was strong enough yeah off its name alone but it, to me it always like remember when that yeah. when friday the 13th they did like the fourth one you know the the final chapter and then a new beginning but it wasn't really jason it was the ambulance driver and people got pissed off so they had to bring him back for real and the, 
it's just yeah i mean if there's money to be made they're gonna bring them back so. i mean and it's it's found fans years later but when uh, when it wasn't when it when it's not michael myers that you're just you're not doing the same thing all right we've dilly dallied enough let's get to the exciting trailer if you want to call it that that dropped two trailers that that dropped if we want to call it that this week in the middle of the week uh i'm just gonna i'm gonna brag and i saw it first y'all and got to share it with all you all you crazy crazy kids ryan reynolds randomly i did no you didn't no you did not but do i need to go back to the chat and show going where back, i posted going back it to the chat where is it anyway talk about it i You're- definitely anyway as we argue over which one of us was the bigger nerd over posting Ryan Reynolds video in which he starts talking about Deadpool three and how he was really, really sorry that they missed D 23. Hold up. You should scroll higher. There's no way you did it. I definitely no way because I posted it 12 minutes after he tweeted it and checked and anything. Only thing in there was from the day before. Hold up. Oh. The Ryan Reynolds tweet was me. You put the one with him and Hugh Jackman up, but I had the first one. No, because you all started talking about, I guess we know what we're going to talk about this week. And if you, you scroll up higher. put the IGN thing in. Nope. You scroll up higher to Tuesday at 527 p.m. On 927, Patrick O'Dowd, right underneath the Wakanda Forever announcement, posted to which Ray Cash responded whole. Lee, fuck. He's right. He's right, Tony. Bow bow before your overlord. Actually, and you posted it twice, Pat. You posted Ryan's tweet and then Hughes' tweet. I did that because of Ray thinking I was no-selling it. So I reposted it, showing Hugh Jackman saying, yeah, sure, because of the way that he did it. Okay, I got it. Tony did. Tony did the follow. I have it mixed up. I you had the first one and I had the second one. Yes, I got it mixed up. There you go. There you go. So you're both you're both right. You're both right. Thank you, you, audience. They also appreciate that you took the time to admit you were wrong. Um, I had a lot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Amber giving you the what for? Ah. I'm sorry. This is what happens when the foobar doesn't respond quickly to my clicking. Stop after playback is my friend. And yet I did not stop after playback. And then I did stop after playback. And then I had to restop after playback. So for that, I'm going to just do this. I deserve this. This is all my fault. There we go. Anyway, so Ryan Riddles sitting on a couch talking about the the creative process and how tough it is. And there's all these funny bits. Like they show him like just pouring what appears to be like tequila or vodka. It's, into it's a giant that glass. Aviator, aviator his, gin that he manufactures. His oh, gin. aviator gin. Yeah. His gin. His, him sitting, he, him sitting in front of a type uh, typewriter in the, in the gray Deadpool uniform, him sitting on a toilet. Uh, and fi- he's just like, I've got nothing. Oh, well, I have one idea. Hey, Hugh, do you want to play Wolverine one more time? To which Hugh Jackman, walking by in the background of climbing stairs, says, yeah, sure, Ryan. And then they play Whitney Houston's And I Will Always Love You. And they change. The best part about this whole thing is if you leave the closed captioning on, they change the word you to Hugh in the closed captioning. 
That's fucking hilarious. And of course, everybody freaked out. They then followed it up because nerds everywhere started breathing through their mouths very, very heavily. <laughs> but, but you can't have Wolverine come back. He, he died in Logan, man. He can't come back. Like, aired all their grievances. Were very, very angry. And of course, this is the best part. Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman ready for it. And they're like, I know you have a lot of questions. We have some answers for you. They go in to start to talk, and then all of a sudden, uh, what's the song that plays? Wham, uh, Wham's Wake Me Up. up. Wham, it's Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go. Um, and while they're doing it, they're talking about all this stuff, and there's motions, and you know, Hugh Jackman is sitting there doing the claw motion and stabbing you know, Deadpool through the head and all this, and everybody's like, whoa. To which, after the music cuts away, they're like, thank you, Kevin Feige. Uh, and, and it's just, it's hilarious. And this is what I love, is then nerds were like, we need to read their lips, you guys. We need to slow it down and figure out what they're saying. And that's what they did. They tried to figure out what the fuck they were saying. They didn't say and much here's the thing. They, they didn't say anything. Yeah. They said absolutely nothing. The whole point is to troll your asses. And you just let them do it, which is awesome. Like, you let them troll you. It's, it's, like, it's, it's like you're in on the joke. At least I really hope you're in on the joke. Because if you weren't on the, in on the joke and you were really trying to translate that shit, then... Go home. Just go home. It's a couple hours of your life you'll never get back, but nice try. Right, like you're wasting your time. Like you're wasting your time. Anyway, Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, starring alongside Ryan Reynolds. These guys are really good friends. Like, they they are buddies. They've been buddies for years. This has been a long-running gag between the two of them anyway. On on a level of, let's say, uh, on a level, I'm going to try to figure out how to do this well. On a level of Mole Man to Doctor Doom, how excited are you for Wolverine and Deadpool in a Marvel Cinematic Universe movie together? David Ungar. Doctor Doom and Beyond. I, I would have to say. I mean, it's it's Beyonder. No, I didn't. I didn't okay, give him as well, a parameter. For all the right. Scale. Well, I'll just go with the uh, Doctor Doom then. I think it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, all all the all the nerd you know, nerd stress that's going on about it is one thing, but the main, the biggest thing is that confirmation September 6, 2024 Deadpool three. We know Wolverine's going to be there. We know Hugh Jackman's going to be there. So we know mutants. I mean, they've dabbled with it before and intimated, you know, in Miss Marvel mutants are a thing. Now, you know, for sure by 20, by September 6, 2024 mutants will be in the MCU in one fashion or other, or they'll be introduced in this one. I don't know, but I think it's awesome that they they got this in there that they brought Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine, um, you know, to kind of maybe transition into whatever else they want to do. It's it's but yeah, like you're saying, I love the second trailer where they just steer into the skid about everybody just losing their mind. Wait, how's Wolverine alive? He died in Logan. And they're like, totally separate. We're not touching that. Um, So. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be great. Wolverine and Deadpool. I mean, Hugh Jackman, Ryan Reynolds together. Obviously, they're, they're fake feud. We all know about that. But they're best of friends off the screen. But if you're talking about characters, Deadpool and Wolverine have a healthy history with each other. So there's a lot yeah, of there's stuff. There's a lot of content. A there's lot. a lot of content. I've got, you know, one of my one of the shirts I have is Deadpool and Wolverine next to each other. So they really uh, have a lot to draw from. They're natural antagonists and natural allies in the comics and i think they can do a lot of great stuff 
with the story, and it, and it gives them a chance. And I know, low key, I think Hugh Jackman and and Ryan Reynolds do want to right the wrong that was X Men Origins Wolverine and get rid of that once and for all and do something different. So I think it, it's great. It's exciting. It's uh, and just to drop it like they did, no D twenty three, no Comic Con. Here you go, out of no, literally like an RKO out of nowhere. This was just bombed out of nowhere. So fantastic stuff. Tony, your reaction to these announcements? Do you, how much money is this movie going to make? I mean, everybody's been waiting. Everybody's been waiting. Just we'll just start with everybody's been waiting for Deadpool three, right? So it could have just been that, and and we would still be having this conversation right now. It'd be a different conversation, but then everybody's wondering when we get the X-Men in the, in the Marvel universe, right? Who's going to play Wolverine? Well, <laughs> you're going to get it in two years. It's going to be Hugh fucking Jackman. <laughs> I'm a, I, I think I can't wait. This is going to be great. I mean, this is definitely a go to a movie theater movie, 1000%. And I'm telling you two years ahead of time, this might be the biggest opening weekend for a Marvel in his, in Marvel's history. Well, Deadpool's creator, Rob Liefeld, certainly feels that way, as he uh, has already said that uh, he thinks it will be bigger than Endgame. I think that's a bold statement. He has a bold statement, um, especially given the... I agree. I mean... I I think it's a bold statement. I'm not saying it it won't be. I think think it'll be interesting to see how it it plays out. Um, I agree with you, Pat. That's a bold bold statement, but it, it could. I mean, there's a chance it could. So, yeah, I think the the hype train is going to be high. I hope they. I I think it'll deliver. Like I think it's going to be a fun movie no matter what. I I, uh, I hope that the hype train doesn't hurt it the way that I kind of feel like Love and Thunder got hurt uh, because I think the Taika Waititi Thor hype train hurt it a little bit when when the movie wasn't what folks wanted it to be. The the thing that I will say is that I have a lot of faith in Ryan Reynolds as a writer. Um, I have a lot of faith in them as a, as just a, as a, as, as creative minds that understand their audience. So between him and Hugh Jackman, I think it'll be, it'll be really good, but we got, we got two years until it comes. This also, you know, fills in another perceived space in our, our Marvel timeline phase five and beyond. It's starting to come to, come into play a lot of mutants are starting to show up more and more uh, and these are two clear mutants like you know we haven't even and we didn't talk about this uh but one of the other uh, things that came out and i didn't put it in the, in the news bites of the articles they're they're making it very clear that namor is a mutant in wakanda forever like that has been said time and time again mutants are the real deal they are here and I think everybody just assumed it was going to be an X-Men, right? Like that X-Men were going to be how like how we introduced mutants into the MCU. And they haven't gone that way. And I kind of like that they haven't gone that way. It reiterates my point, which is why I like it, because it makes me sound smart, that MCU does their own canon. And their own canon is separate. And that's why Ray Cash, World War Hulk, will be perfectly acceptable and a wonderful film for us to watch and enjoy. <laughs> See how even when he's not here, I get him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Anyway, um, yeah. So I'm right there with you guys. I can't wait. Uh, maybe we see more at our next San Diego Comic Con. So I kind of hope not. 
I kind of hope they continue to do this virally like this. Like, I like this sort of introduction marketing campaign that they're doing. It's different. And it's very on it the brand with the characters. It kind of reminds me a little bit of how the boys do their kind of thing, you know, where it's not necessarily the characters like the boys are, but, you know, it's the, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman. They're a couple characters. Right. Yeah. And and you mentioned you mentioned the boys, you know, their season three ad campaign wasn't really an ad campaign. It was that Vought News, the, those Vought News videos were how they really got things going with season three. I thought that was brilliant. I thought it was genius. So uh, good on them. More to come. That's going to do it for the trailer park, guys. We are moving right along. We are going to head into our second commercial break where we've got some news around the Nerdosphere to cover. We're going to talk some Marvel, some more Marvel news, some more MCU stuff. And then we'll get into some nitty gritty news about Warner Brothers Discovery because we can't get enough of this company and they keep giving us things that are worthy to go over. So stick around for that. We'll see you on the flip side. You are listening to Bandwagon Nerds here on the ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code ChairShot. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code ChairShot to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. All right, everyone, welcome back. I would be remiss if I didn't remind you all, though, before we get into our news, that if you love what we do here at the ChairShot Radio Network and thechairshot.com and you want to hear all of the great content that we put out every single day on your internet airwaves, the best way to keep us going, the best way to support us is to head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash thechairshot and invest in one of our many Great, awesome, superb, spectacular, stupendous, phenomenal, delightful t-shirt design. We have everything a fan of the ChairShot Radio Network could want to purchase. Everything. I'm telling you, we've got bandwagon nerd shirts. We've got OG ChairShot logos. We've got sayings from the shows. Say you hate Craig DeMarco like a lot of us do. We got an Everybody Hates Craig shirt. Maybe you just hate Baron Corbin because you're a wrestling fan and you recognize he sucks. We got a Baron Corbin sucks shirt. We've got so many great designs out there. They are reasonably priced at $19.99. But if you're feeling fancy, spend a few dollars more. Get it soft style. It feels great on your giblets. You'll feel fancy. It's wonderful. Your skin will thank you. It's terrific. We love doing this. We love talking nerdy shit on this radio station every Sunday for you to listen to on Monday. We want you to support us. We want you to get our name out there. And the best way you can help us to do that is to rep the brand head over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot and invest in us. We appreciate it. We thank you. And we hope to see those logos out there soon. As Christopher Platt would say, please and thank you. Thank you. And please. All right, gentlemen, it's time for a little news around the nerdosphere. Not a lot of Marvel news. So for today, a little bit of Marvel music to kick us off.
So in a rare week, uh, there was all this excitement about Wolverine and Deadpool, and that news sort of dominated uh, the MCU for a bit. But there are some problems surrounding film announced in 2019 now, which is hard to believe it's been that long. Uh, Blade, where famously at the 2019 San Diego Comic-Con, at the end of the Marvel panel, uh, Mahershala Ali walked out and it was announced that Blade would be um, would be entering into the MCU. That movie is slated or was slated to release in November of 2023. Gentlemen, it's not looking good. Reports came out this week that uh, Bassam Tariq, the director that was slated to take on the helm of Blade, has left uh, due to a scheduling conflict. Now, it is being reported that he is remaining on as an executive producer. It, is, it doesn't seem like it's a creative difference thing, a la what happened with the Ant-Man uh, and Peyton. Um, oh, I'm going to forget his last name. But uh, the original director of, of Ant-Man, uh, that, that relationship fell apart uh, due to creative differences. It doesn't seem like that. There's all kinds of negative rumors, though, swirling around this. And I, I posted one rumor that has now been thoroughly debunked, so I, I didn't put it in our rundown. Because one of the rumors was that Sam Raimi was going to take over directing uh, per Variety, but then Variety has nothing up. So Hollywood, uh, who's a what's at that, posted that article, was really just pulling shit out of its ass. I have no idea where that came from. There are rumors that uh, Mahershal Ali is very frustrated with the Marvel filmmaking process, that there have been um, concerns about how complete the script may actually be. And all of this seems to be pointing towards a, it's gotta be, it's gotta be delayed. Like there's no way this thing's getting out on time. If we don't have a script, we don't have a director we just have an executive producer. Um, I'm a little worried here. Dave, I, I don't know that I'm worried in the sense that I don't think the film won't get made because that's just not been MCU's track record. I'm actually worried they're going to keep their star. Like, of all the things that could fall apart, you've announced Mahershala Ali. This, you know, scheduling conflicts and changes and things falling apart, that, that worries me a little bit. So, Dave, I defer to you first. How worried are you? On a, on, a, on a scale of Mole Man to Dr. Doom, how worried are you about that? <laughs> your, there's your title of your show. Mole Man to Dr. Doom. Uh, on a scale of Mole scale Man to Dr. Doom. I need Ray here yeah. to tell me who's a C-level villain. You know, I would probably put it somewhere oh, there as far as like on a, like a five or something like that. I think it sounds like, you know, the production schedule for Blade, which keeps getting modified and adjusted, uh, resulted in the loss of the director. But yeah, I mean, they're supposed to start filming in November. There's just no way. No way they're going to be able to start doing that. I, I, I mean, even if you're just lightning fast and get a director in place next week, still got to, you know, still got to run stuff by him. You still got to write it a certain way. You know, they're talking about the script not being done, things not being finalized. Um, I... Yeah, I, I'm I'm a little bit concerned. I, I I'm not concerned we're going to go down the whole new mutants rabbit hole where it gets delayed 25 times and it takes 10 years to get out and that sort of thing. But I, I there's no way it's coming out next year. I mean, 2024 best case scenario, 
And, you know, maybe if you wanted to, you, you know, Blade and Deadpool have a little bit of a history. I'm just throwing that out there. So maybe you bring him into Deadpool 3 and try and introduce him that way if if, if these problems persist. But, um, yeah, definitely a little bit concerned about what's going on with the show, the movie. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's going to come out, but I would expect at least a one-year delay at this point. I don't see how you avoid that. PC Tony. I do you think do you think Mahershal Ali would would lead would I think the threshold of him not wanting to do this anymore and not play this role is pretty fucking high. So I don't think they're going to lose him to that point. Um, at least they're not pulling a DC and went along with some things that didn't look good and then film it and not show it to anybody. And, you know, um, <laughs> sorry. Hey, I'm being fair, right? The DC guy just ripped on DC. So I, I don't know. I think Blade's just too important to get it wrong so the right time for it to come out is when it when they get it right to me and i don't i don't see ali going anywhere so that's kind of my opinion yeah i mean it's it it has like we haven't had these sort of sort of casting switches in a long time uh you know the most the most prominent one being edward norton uh not you know as the hulk in the incredible hulk film and then uh due to creative and differences and, and timing differences he uh he ultimately did not remain in the role they handed it over to mark ruffalo that seemed to go fine same thing with uh, don Cheadle, who i'm sure has been thrilled that the uh the pay differences that uh terrence um god what's his last name um uh, originally cast Howard. terrence howard yeah terrence howard who it's originally cast in, in the role of Rhodey. Like, I don't think this is anything like that. Mahershala Ali has technically shown up as Blade in the MCU already, as he was part of the post-credit tag of the Eternals. But it's not a. It wouldn't be like if if they recast Blade, I would be disappointed because Mahershala Ali is a hell of an actor. But it's not something that Feige and the MCU have been unwilling to do. I could think of a million reasons why that's not going to happen, Pat. Just throw it out I didn't say it there. was going to happen. I didn't say that it was going to happen. I, I, but I don't see him leaving for a I'm million. I'm just saying it's for, not, it's... Yeah, like, I, frustration I, is one sure, thing. Walking money. away from that kind of a, a, that kind of exposure, that kind of role, that kind of money, I just, I mean, okay, a one-year delay. But he can do it. He could, sure. Like, like, like it's not like he's going to be broke. Not like you know what I mean. Like I'm not saying he's going to either. Where's, I'm just saying it's where's not. Where's Wesley Snipes at right now? Uh, lobbying to get a cameo in the new Blade. See? That's at a casino. Like, like he's actually he's actually done that. Oh. For your obscure Wesley Snipe movie references, please see PC Tony. Oh look at that! I'm yeah, I'm not your, saying your, I'm not saying I'm concerned about it. I'm not saying that it's going to happen. I'm just saying it's not unusual for or you know it's not like right. Marvel doesn't have the fortitude to do that and that they wouldn't be able to cast somebody that we would be okay with in the role. So that's all I'm saying there. Uh, what it does seem to imply is that it sounds like the Marvels is going to move into that November 3rd slot that or that November 2023 slot that was originally for blade. Uh, that's, I don't know that that's a terrible thing necessarily. That film is clearly further along and it has already already has an in an inroad to its story. So I think that 
that that's not necessarily the terrible thing. One of the other interesting news bits that, that did come out this week as a transition to another Marvel news piece is allegedly, and I say allegedly, I mean, rumor has it, yes, lasers, um, <laughs> that the Armor Wars series starring Don Cheadle is no longer going to be a double, uh, is no longer going to be a Disney Plus series, that it is now going to turn into a feature film that will push the title further down the development site. This is coming from the Hollywood reporter, by the way. So this is a fairly reputable source. Like this isn't uh, a, a news um, agency that, that sort of puts things out flippantly. Um, but that it's, you know, it's going to push it back uh, further than it's originally planned thing. I think armor Wars was supposed to be like a significant series. Tony, what is do you, uh, one? Do you care? What does this mean? Like, do you think that it's that they looked at this series and they just don't see a series there? Like, there's just not enough meat on the bone. I, I don't know. I don't know what to make of this one. Right. It's it's there's there's really only two things that it could be. Right. Either there's not enough there to have that much more content, or in almost the same fashion, it just fits better as a movie. Right. But aren't those kind right. of the same? fucking thing when you you know what i mean um or the only other thing i could think of is maybe they think they'll make more money making putting it out as a movie as opposed to you know on stream disney plus streaming i i, I don't know i i that's it's an interesting story that they're gonna tell i mean i think don chino can right. definitely carry he could have carried a series or a movie but i i guess that's a that's a credit to Don Cheadle because he's a guy who not only could carry a series on a streaming network, but he could also provide numbers at the box office. So maybe someone came in and said, why don't we make a little bit more money and put it in theaters? Maybe there's multiple. Yeah, maybe they're going to have more than one. Maybe they'll have more than one. If this is, this is good, right? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, Dave, your thoughts here. I feel like maybe they thought that we need to develop the the Iron Man kind of side universe a little bit more um, to try it and and draw people back because what we've got the Iron Heart Iron Heart series is coming up, which I presume is going to be kind of the lead in to Armor Wars, and um, you know I, it feels like maybe they thought that this is something that I, I agree with you guys like not enough meat on the bone to do a full blown series out of this kind of thing this is more better suited for a movie it's something we've talked about on the show several times in the past you know movie versus series which is a better storytelling medium well for some things you know shows like she hulk miss marvel a series is better armor wars is the kind of thing where you look at it and say yeah i mean it's a great story but how do you stretch that out over eight episodes so maybe it's just something better you can do in a two-hour movie, um, you know, I, I thought one of the things I posted this week is speculation that maybe this will be a way to bring back a, a multiversal version of Iron Man if Robert Downey Jr. is willing to do it, which I know a lot of people want. I don't think that's going to happen, it, but it 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 lends itself to that possibility. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, Armor Wars is, is a really cool story about tech gone wrong, tech being in the wrong hands and that sort of thing. And I just feel like maybe they want to solidify and establish more of that tech background that they thought, you know, we can't do that just solely off Ironheart. Let's bring in a couple of other elements that we've got planned down the line 
and then we'll bring this Armor Wars in as a as a big two hour movie. And if if they are going to bring back Iron Man in some fashion, probably more impactful in a movie than it would be in a series. Yeah, it, it is. It just feels like such an odd move. Um, this actually, to me, like these two pieces of news, kind of tells me that the future of Marvel, out you know, in terms of a movie slate is a little more in flux than it's been in a long time. And, I, and I've and i been very much Kevin Bacon and Animal House being like, all is well. The goodwill still makes me feel like it's going to be all right. This is the first one that actually made me raise my eyebrows a little bit and be like, what do, what's happening? Like, what's going on? What do we actually have here? And I haven't, I haven't been like that in a while when it's come to the MCU. So maybe mildly interested, you know, in the scale of Mole Man to Dr. Doom. I'm probably, I don't know, um, maybe maybe a uh, member of the Wrecking Crew. The Lizard. Maybe the Lizard or the Vulture. Yeah, maybe the Vulture. I think the Vulture might be where I would be is uh, the Vulture. So, yeah, I guess more on that as we learn. Here's the thing. We're going to learn a lot about Riri in about a month, almost to the day. Uh, and, and that Wakanda Forever film is lengthy. It's two hours and 40-some minutes long. Like, it is a full slate, pack a lunch, make sure you've got a seat next to an aisle so if you need a restroom break, you can get there uh, because you're going you're gonna to be there for a while. Uh, and presumably, that's where we'll see the subject of our last bullet point that I'm springing on you but it came up late and has actually gained some traction in the last couple of days. Somebody leaked a trailer, Dave. Somebody and Ray Cash. I'm glad you're mentioning this. I'm glad you're mentioning this. Ray, Ray Cash shared it first, but it got taken down. I shared it after Ray Cash did because it got taken down. I don't know if my version has been taken down or not, but somebody filmed the Ant-Man Quantumania. It looks like the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. Uh, or at least what was reported out of the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. But we get our first badly distorted look at Ant-Man Quantum Mania. And this is doubly ironic as it comes on the heels of the director of Ant-Man Quantum Mania being like, oh yeah, the trailer's going to hit online this fall. And then, I mean, technically he didn't lie, but it didn't come from Marvel. We got a bootleg look. Dave, I know you demand trailers super early. Um, there's just a lot of shit going on for Kevin Feige to manage right now. Uh, but I watched that trailer. I'm not going to lie. I watched the bootleg just to, just to hear what people said about that. Cause it's the Comic-Con trailer. Like the whole description is the San Diego Comic-Con trailer. So that's what people saw and what got out. Um, yeah. What do we think? What Omin- do we think? Ominous a little bit. I, I mean, Kang said for people who didn't see it, I mean, I'm sure it's floating around out there somewhere or it may be released in a couple weeks anyway. But yeah, Kang talking about killing Avengers uh, in different timelines. And have I uh, didn't he ask him, have I killed you before? Or, have I killed you before? I mean, yeah. wow, that's uh, I, I mean, and it does. And you get to see the uh, the big thing I took from it is when you compare Kang from Loki, who's kind of elusive almost playful to a certain extent this is not that version of kang that we see in this trailer this is the much more serious uh sadistic 
kind of, you know, malevolent version of Kang that we, you and I, Pat and Tunny, to a lesser extent, I know we know that he exists and can be a major, major problem. So for him to say, basically say, I've killed Avengers in other timelines. Have I killed you before? I don't remember. But almost minimizing <laughs> and then calling him Ant-Man at the end. And it's like, wow, I never thought about it. But yeah, that is kind of minimizing him to a certain extent, even though that's who he is. So uh, the trailer is very interesting. Like you said, a lot of stuff's going on. A lot of it hard to make out because like you're saying, it's bootlegged. It's not the greatest quality. It's not HD or UHD or something like that. But yeah, a lot of stuff going on in that trailer. And like you're saying, Pat, Kevin Feige's got a lot on his plate to manage to try and make it make sense. You know, where where does Blade fit in with this whole thing? When are we going to bring this character in? When are we going to bring these guys in? We've got so much that we want to do and trying to keep it all flowing and cohesive. Whew, good luck, Kevin. Love you, Kevin Feige, but good luck. Tony, did you have a chance to check out the bootleg trailer? Yeah, I just kind of caught up on it right there. Um, a lot of great points from Dave. You know, it's funny. You kind of forget all the big, huge fucking actors that are in that that um, right. uh, movie uh, um, series. But what, is, it, is there a possibility they did this on purpose? I mean, it hasn't been hard to keep that thing. Like, they haven't worked too hard to take it down. If I if I were if I were to put it out there, like, like someone was like, "Hey, let's 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 do just something different. Let's let's just put it out like this and see what happens." I mean, how? I mean, it, it, there's a little bit more to the conversation. Uh, it, the conversation's a little deeper when it when it gets seen like this right. as opposed to oh here and it just being given right. You feel like you're getting something that you weren't supposed to, so it feels more important. And you look at the way they got everything yeah. else out this week with the Ryan Reynolds stuff. And then, oh, here's this as well. It's it's very unorthodox, but ex- extraordinarily effective. Yeah, I I can't I can't argue any of that. What it does tell me is kids, I'd pay attention to your Internet this week. I'd pay attention to your socials this week, uh, maybe the next <laughs> couple, yeah, maybe the next few days or so, because it wouldn't surprise me if we just say fuck it and it hits. Like that's really at the end of the day, that's what this kind of tells me is we're we're gonna see it soon. It's it's we're we are on the precipice of of Dave getting what he wants. And, I and, just and love and the quantum media trailer. I love the fact that they are keeping us guessing. The MCU is keeping everybody get. You don't know where this stuff is coming from and when. And it, it's it's beautiful because for fans, you love surprises and and they're just coming at you from. All these directions you don't expect. It's like, oh, <laughs> but like you're saying, Pat, keep an eye on your Twitter feed and everything else going on. And uh, of course, listen to Bandwagon Nerds where we will or even follow our Twitter feed. We'll try and keep you up to date. Yeah, I'm sure if a full trailer shows up next week, you guys will break it down without me as you should. And as we would be doing a disservice to our fans if we did not. Uh, OK, moving on to one of Dave's favorite things talking about warner brothers discovery and just how terrible they are uh a news report uh was dropped by the rap this week amongst others that perhaps i can't remember who i think this one might have been shared by ray to the group as i went through trying to put this together but that warner brothers may have cooked as it's described the hbo subscriber hbo max subscriber numbers to the tune of 10 million subscribers 
an Illinois police pension board brought this suit forward, suggesting hundreds of thousands of Discovery shareholders were duped. Basically, what they're saying is, is that the value was inflated in such a way to convince these people to share to sell off their shares. And then at the time of the merger, the value was significantly less than, than what they were told it was worth when they gave up those shares. And basically, for those of you who don't know, some pensions invest in stocks and bonds and other sort of you know, trade to build your pension and your retirement. Uh, and you know, when you go into HR, sometimes depending on where you're going, you'll have this option to choose. Like, you can choose like a conservative investment pension. You can conserve, some, you know, something that's considered moderate, relatively safe, or you could choose to be aggressive. And you know, it's kind of a, a little bit of a higher risk, higher reward sort of thing for your pension as you go. It kind of depend, like, sort of depends on how it all plays out in the wash when you come to retire. Which, for the record, is a horrible way to determine your retirement. But it is a way that it gets done. And these police officers in Illinois, uh, from Collinsville, Illinois, down south, they uh, they sued because it accepted in trade for its pre-merger Class C common discovery shares, something that was uh, trading at just 11, uh, 11 bucks, uh, but we're told it was valued at around 25 Now, that's a big difference depending on how many shares you have. Dave, you're the lawyer. I'm going to turn it over to you. Um, yikes. And how how worried, how, how much attention should this, uh, this uh, little lawsuit be given? Uh, if you're a shareholder of WB Discovery right now, yeah, you should be concerned that they, if they cook the numbers like that to deliberately inflate the value of stock to yeah, coerce is the way I would actually look at it is, is well, maybe not coerce. Misrepresent is a better term. Misrepresenting the value in order to facilitate this merger taking place to the detriment of, you know, legit shareholders, like pension holders who invested in this. I'm assuming it was a fund. And one of the stocks was a WB Discovery as part of like an index fund or something like that. Um, right. Yeah, that's that's a that's a definite problem. I, I mean, that's where you get the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission knocking on your door, saying, uh, "Gentlemen, we need to have a conversation about a, a a fraud perpetrated on, you know, not just these guys, but anybody who who kind of sold their shares or was was kind of facilitating the merger of these two companies due to a misrepresentation as to the value of one company over another." Yeah, I don't I don't dabble in this area of law, but I know enough to know that that's a problem. <laughs> that's a that's a big problem that can get you in a lot of trouble. And I, I don't know if they can void the, the merger after the fact. I doubt it. But certainly class action lawsuit on a much grander scale is in the offing for WB Discovery. If that's actually what they did. Tony, how's your retirement looking with all those Warner Brothers Discovery shares you've got going? Uh, yeah, right. Um, you know, didn't we, didn't we, didn't we question this? Like why discovery, didn't we like question, like thinking HBO max was, you know, that something was wrong. I was like, I even brought up the fact of like short selling and things of that nature. And it's, it's almost like a kind of a bizarro version of that. Right. I mean, it's just a lot of weird shit and it's just a bunch of fucking rich people lying to fucking people that have less money so they can have more money. 
that's really what it is down to comes down to right i mean <laughs> somebody's gonna pay for this i don't know who uh, but somebody's gonna pay for it and and good on good on uh the the for figuring this out i mean finally after years of the rob Lagojevich area some kind of uh, illinois government comes God. through and gets something right no, there's no there's no such thing as a clean Illinois government. I guarantee that. We, the history yeah. of Illinois politics is long and dirty. I'm just uh, looking at WB Yeah, Dis- this is WB Discovery stock last three months down seventeen point six percent. So you yeah, can see where it's well, trending. Yeah, it's it is not going well. So yeah, cooking the books just an added problem for for that. And yeah, like Kudos to the Collinsville Police Department for following that suit. Uh, and we'll, I'll, I am very interested to see what actually turns up, what evidence actually turns up as, you know, I still get HBO Max subscriber commercials in my various social media feeds. It's <laughs> hilarious. Like this company that's going under, sign up for this, for this uh, or not really going under, but going away, the streaming service that's going away and getting changed. That uh, that's story number one. The other story that we're going to visit actually involves both Warner Brothers Discovery as well as Disney Plus. Uh, but the stories are shared in a couple of different ways. We have known for a while uh, through HBO Max that Warner Brothers has been taking various content off of the platform as this transition to Discovery happens. Um, but and I want to share. That this story that we're talking about comes from somebody on Twitter sharing two different screenshots talking about the future they're heading towards. And one of them is in regards to digital media owned by Warner Brothers no longer being available to you after you've purchased it. The other is a screenshot of news talking about how Marvel Studios won't be releasing physical copies of their Disney Plus shows for people to buy. Both of these, I titled this section under our rundown, and we've, and again, I've talked about this before. As, as an old fuddy-duddy who shakes his hand, you know, shakes his fist at clouds when it comes to this sort of stuff and is absolutely embracing the curmudgeon role. But I titled this, Your Digital Content Doesn't Belong to You. And these two are exhibit A and exhibit B of why this is so. And whether we like it or not, I I actually think that's relatively irrelevant. It's the world we're going towards and living in. Digital is the answer. And the convenience of digital media has made fossils like me, who still want to get a Blu-ray, have to pay attention. Even Thor Love and Thunder, by the way which I'm not buying because I, you know, the more and more I watch it, the less I like that movie. Um, But they're even talking about certain editions of Thor Love and Thunder being limited one time or limited time only releases to where certain pieces of content that they're making a part of that release will only be available in this one time purchase physically. You know, if you go onto Disney plus you know, a lot of those special features that you would find on a Blu-ray are now along with the movie that you find on Disney+. Plus. So there's so much media to consume anyway, and I get that. But 
Tony, I'll go with you first. Your reactions to this sort of, you know, finally seeing what we've talked about on this show in the past, your digital content isn't really your content. I mean, as far as like, it's kind of shitty, like reading that and, and people had like things in their library that they thought they had more time to watch um, and weren't updated on it. That, that's kind of crappy as a streaming service. Um, but when you're paying for a streaming service, in that sense, like you're you're only paying for what they're giving you, right? Um, the the limited digital release kind of thing reminds me of Disney and everything they do with their limited release of physical copies of of, of uh, animated motion pictures. So it it makes sense. It's fine. They can always kind of redo it. And if you really need to have a copy at your disposal to watch anytime you want, regardless of whether it's on streaming or somewhere free for you to watch, then go buy an actual digital video recorder that will record what's on your TV while it's playing and you'll have whatever you want and you can pay for all the memory in the fucking world. So there's solutions to these problems. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Personally, I don't even have a fucking DVD or Blu-ray player. I guess I technically I do in my gaming device, but I haven't put a Blu-ray or DVD in a fucking player in years. It, it's That's just my take on it. That. It's funny they mention that as I currently have uh, the program paused right now as I was watching some some 90s throwback uh, DVDs earlier today. I do want to mention Bandwagoners does not endorse the illegal recording of uh, copyrighted content via your digital recording. Yeah, but if you're not if you're not selling it, there's nothing wrong with that. Dave, is that true? you're just watching it for what are you talking about recording something on your dvr and watching it later or what are you talking about like like you could like like you could use a digital video recorder not one you get from your your provider your service provider but you could go out and buy one and record something on your tv like a vcr would right so if you really wanted a hard copy of something and you just record it and you don't charge anybody to watch it and you don't sell it you can do whatever the fuck you want uh, yeah, I mean, if you had a, a separate DVR and you recorded something to that or transferred something over into a hard drive of some sort, I guess, I mean, the the, pro- the problem with all this, I mean, even, even if you own a physical copy of it, you still only, here's the thing, you only ever own the license to use something. You never actually own the physical property. Even if you own a DVD or a Blu-ray, you don't technically own that movie because you can't turn around and say hey i'm gonna bring a fun i'm gonna show end game on my backyard charge people five bucks uh, a, a copy now even though you own a copy of that you can't do that so you only ever own the license to this content you, you have the right to use it for your own personal use you can't use it for commercial blah 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 so forth and so on and you know i i think i think that's always been the risk of these things is that you know whether you're talking movies whether you're talking games, whether you're talking music, you only ever own a license to use it for your own personal consumption. They can revoke that license at will. We've seen anybody who's playing a modern video game has to go through that whole stupid EULA at the beginning of the game. And, you know, even if you don't read it, you still got to scroll to the bottom and click, yeah, I've read all this bullshit, and then I can play the game. So it's... um. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a problem because, you know, you're at their whim. And I mean, the good thing if, about the physical medium is that even though you don't own it, they're not going to come into your house and take it from you because that creates all sorts of eminent domain problems, trespass, other fun things like that. 
but can they go and delete something digitally from your library? Absolutely. And we're seeing that happen. I've seen it happen with DLC on video games before that stuff just disappears because somebody made a decision. Like Rock Band, if you've downloaded certain songs on Rock Band and they lose the license with the artist for those songs, those songs vanish. You know, and and it's and it's disturbing, but it it's just it's the way it is. So, yeah, I mean, you're at these guys' whim. It's another sign of just whatever WB Discovery is is kind of playing with as far as what kind of content they want to have out there and what they don't. But yeah, I I, I mean, I agree with you, Pat. It, unless you've got the physical uh, product, you are really subject to the whim of anybody. At the same time, and they're pushing digital medium as it's it's. It's got less of an environmental footprint, which is true. You don't have to worry about shelf space and that sort of thing. But they've, yeah, they've got you by the short hairs as far as like your ability to watch something, consume something, enjoy something. You are really at their whim. And this is an example of that. All that is to say, hipsters will continue to buy old physical media. So there'll still be a market out there. Look at the uh, vinyl market these days. So if I really want it, like I'll go out and buy it. That that's been a thing. If they'll produce it, I I'm actually more troubled by um, the Disney Plus report of not producing physical media. Yeah, so, I mean that's that's just like yeah. like that's that to me like the stop of production. That's a bummer. It's a cost saving mechanism for sure, but it's it sucks yeah. for the consumer. Anyway, all that is to say, everything sucks and we don't own anything. And as Tony likes to talk about, rich people just continue to get rich and take advantage of poor people. Uh, and that's what they're doing here. They're going to own that content and hold it over your head because that's what they can do. And we are a consumer media. Like, we're consumer people. Like, that's what we do. We consume, 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 consume media. We want it. We want availability to it. And they're going to make us feel special by allowing us to get it. And, and that's that's that's... That's how we are controlled, gentlemen. We are we are slaves to the proverbial man, the overlords, puppets on a string. On a scale of mole man to Doctor Doom, they are Doctor Doom. All right, <laughs> gentlemen. Light show this week, under an hour and a half. Even look at us go. Before we get out of here, though, let's do a quick once around. Tell everybody where they can find you on the Chair Shot Radio Network and in the social medias. Dave, I'll go first. Go ahead, Tony. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I always have to tell you what to do. That's my fault. Yeah, we we can't make <laughs> decisions for ourselves. You can't Pat. make you decisions. What are you going to do next? With I mean, you've listening been, to Daryl and John. You've made a, you've made my lunch for every day for the last eight years for school. Now, what am I supposed to? How am I supposed to order this hot lunch thing when I get there? Damn All right, it, you can Mom. follow me at PC. You can follow me at PC Tony. Uh, listen to everything Chair Shot Radio Network. Chairshot NFL, follow that. We've got some good stuff coming out there. And then, of course, the top 100 over at the DWI podcast. So there you go. Big Dave? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter trying to find a new football team to root for because the commanders absolutely suck. Um, but otherwise, you can find me on There's Twitter. Fan. You've got nothing on me. But anyway, you can find me on Twitter at Attitude Ag. That is at Attitude A-G-G. Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. And of course, at Bandwagon Nerds, don't forget about the uh, the homepage, so to speak. Yeah, I. Um, by the way, I think we're going to put a poll up this week on, on Bandwagon Nerds. So just a just a simple one. All these titles. We're going to start with most iconic 
four villains. We'll just uh, we'll three or four up there. See if we can get some votes and some activity. Uh, all this Michael Myers talk got, got me uh, got me excited. So look for that uh, on the Bandwagon Nerds uh, Twitter account at Bandwagon Nerds. You can follow me at Wrestling Realist. That is at W R E S T L N G R E A L I S T. You can listen to me every Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday on the Chair Shot Radio Network. Mondays here on the Bandwagon. Tuesdays with David Ungard. We just wrapped up Musical Chairs Season 2. Very excited about that. And we'll start Hockey Talk in a couple of weeks. And then on Ooh. Wednesdays, and on Wednesdays, it is myself, Greg DeMarco, and Miranda Morales on the Greg DeMarco Show talking wrestling. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Bandwagon Nerds. Now get yourself out of the basement, get your get yourself some sun, and then start ranking people on a scale of Mole Man to Dr. Doom. You have been <laughs> listening to Bandwagon Nerds on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of the ChairShot.com. Shut you up. Hey, it's me. Don't scratch. Just cleaning up the timelines. Look, eventually, you're gonna hang up the claws, and it's gonna make a lot of people very sad. Huh? But one day, your old pal Wade's gonna ask you to get back in the saddle again. And when he does, say yes. Oh. Right. Love you. God damn, that's beautiful. You're welcome, Canada. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.